1: It is wonderful to be with you again on another beautiful 1111 Talk Radio Day. I'm looking forward to my guest today. He's actually been on before and we have invited him back to share a bit about his revised and expanded second edition of his book. So we will get right with Jim Phillips very, very soon. Before we do, I want to mention that the 1111 Magazine is currently out for November. It is a beautiful issue that has some amazing individuals being shared this month. Uh, Each month, I share six different individuals and the work that they are doing in the world in addition to anything that they have put out in terms of books or products so that you can have access to individuals not only as inspiration for how you too can also share your light in the world, but to access the wisdom and the knowledge that might support you along your path. Uh, Definitely check that out. The digital edition is free and is always available. And now there's also an audio online version that you can access, which is a full life coaching program along with meditations, intentions, and life coaching prompts. That is part of our new 1111 online mastermind program. You can also access all of that at 1111mag.com. Very, very excited about the different courses that are being created and placed on that platform. So without further ado, we're going to get into what today's show is about. Being true to oneself and living in full expression of that truth is all that it takes to make a difference in this world. We have a far greater impact on this world and the lives of others than we could possibly imagine. We might not be consciously aware of the difference because most often it will happen through what appears to be random, disconnected events that somehow come together to reach and benefit those for whom it was intended. Live in full expression of who you truly are and the world benefits from the gifts of your expression. This is from the book. The key to life: living in full expression. This, the revised and expanded second edition by Jim Phillips. Um, very excited again to have him back on. He has, he has been a life strategist, author, speaker, and business coach. He's been engaged in the real estate industry for over 40 years. And for 30 years or so, he has been inspiring others to higher levels of achievement and understanding through his strategy sessions, coaching, writing, and presentations. Jim actually has written two books, The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression, published by Sacred Stories Publishing, and From Inspiration to Intention, which was a self-published piece. He was also a featured expert in the key movies, trilogy, written and produced by award-winning film producer Robin Jay. Welcome, Jim, back to 1111 Talk Radio. It is a pleasure to have you here.
2: Well, thank you, Simon. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: I'd love to start off with something that you have in the introduction, which I think is is quite a valuable piece, and that is that you, you said when you wrote the first edition of The Key to Life, you did so out of a sense of urgency. And this book is different, and I'd love for individuals to understand the distinction, and and where the sense of urgency came from, or what you gained in terms of wisdom around that, and how this one came through in a different way.
2: Well, when I first wrote the book, I oh, let me back up. After the book was published the first time, I remember rereading it and thinking about it, looking at what it was saying and the content I liked. But I realized I had written it for the wrong reason. And the reason I wrote it the first time was, you can say it was a sense of urgency, but it was more to prove to myself and to other people that I could actually do it, that I had something to say, and that what I had to say was going to be of value to other people. And the other people who I was trying to prove it to, as often is the case, it was family members. It was people that was close to me. It was, unfortunately, those people who were more willing to give you reasons why you shouldn't, can't, you're not worthy of whatever. They're more than happy to give you that advice. And so I wrote it to prove to them I could do it. And of course, through all the doubt that was being created by what I was being told by these people that were around me, I had to prove it to myself because I knew I had something of value to say. So after it was published the first time and it was out in the world and I I was reviewing it and I said, something's wrong. And to say wrong, it's not that it was wrong. The message was right. The message was powerful, but it didn't have the feeling or the energy behind it that I felt it needed to have to reach the right people. So I went back into it and I started rewriting it and I added probably 15 or 20,000 more words to the original version of it. And then I edited it back down, I think there's 45, 46,000 words, I'm not sure, something like that in the book. And then I printed out the whole book. There's 19 or 20 chapters in the book. I printed the whole book out on eight and a half by 11 paper, and I organized it by chapter. I laid all the chapters out on my dining room table, and I realized the flow was incorrect. So I literally moved chapters around. And some of the things that are at the beginning of the book ended up being at the end or in the middle. At the end was at the beginning. And just all of these different different categories, I guess, for what it is that I wanted to say, took on a totally new meaning because one led into the other. And it was just a much better flow. The energy was much better. I just looked at it. I remember this just tremendous sense of not only relief but just sense of satisfaction because it was what i had intended for it to be from the very beginning but i didn't do it for the right purpose and and to get specifically to your question talking about the difference in between the two and maybe somebody will say it's a nuance but anything that we're bringing into the world anything that we're manifesting we have to make sure that it's being done for the reason for which it is intended And I say that because we can do things, as I did with the book, we can get things out into the world, but not in the way that it was intended. It'll still impact some people, but it won't reach the people that it really needs to reach or is intended to reach or won't have the scope of reach that I think that it can. So when I changed the book around, when I added the additional passages to it, when I rearranged the chapters in it, and then when I put it back out there, it started reaching people that it had not reached before. And the responses that I've been getting back and how it's changed people's lives and how it's made them think about themselves and think about life differently has just been remarkable.
1: Well, I think there's a lot to be gained just from this part of the topic alone, because number one, it illustrates that we can wait and and do something in a different way, but also it gave you a different experience of yourself. You said there was more of a sense of a satisfaction that took place. And so often because of the world we live in, we do take on this idea that we have to rush, we have to get something out, that we have to do something, that we're going to run out of time, or um, it, it, it needs to be proven to other people. And so that sense of urgency is almost a conditioned response that affects everyone unknowingly, unconsciously. Uh, so I, I just felt that was really, really powerful to help share because it's just an, another model uh, that further illustrates even the concepts of your book.
2: If I can just add one more thing to that, the whole, the whole—I don't want to say idea or concept. To me, it, it is, it is our reason for being here. It is our purpose for being here. And that's to live in full expression of our truth. And first and foremost, that begets the question: Well, what is our truth? And I believe the purpose of life, the big why are any of us here, is the progressive realization of the truth. So everything we do, every thought we have, every conversation we have, every action we take, every belief we hold, all is in a, in an effort to open us up to an, an experience of ourselves, a grander experience of ourselves, but an experience of ourselves that would allow us to move closer and closer to the truth. And within that bigger truth, the truth of who we are. Now, also, just to get back to the original point with the book and writing it the first time and then republishing it, the big difference to me was when I put it out the first time, I was putting it out as Jim Phillips. I was putting it out through my, if you want to call it my lower self, my ego self, it doesn't matter. It was being put out there as Jim Phillips, that aspect of me. I believe that living in full expression is allowing that which we are to fully experience and express through us and as us. The second time it came out, I got out of the way, and I allowed that which I am, that divine being that I know that I am, to be the driving force behind it, to allow the information to come out in a way that was going to be more beneficial, it was going to be in a flow that I think people would be able to resonate with more readily, and it was just going to attract the right people to it.
1: Well, and there again, that's another powerful piece, because so often uh, when we initially do things, and, and I would say this about anything, whether it is a business, a book, uh, any activity, many individuals don't realize that they're first coming from their ego and and that part of this journey is to move into that place of realizing that we are to get out of the way and allow the higher self to to flow through us. Your book illustrates, and and you write that point beautifully throughout the book, about that marrying and that merging of, of the human self into that divine self, and I love one of the statements that you make where you say, life is the process of regaining clarity, and that seems to be also what you did from the first edition to the second edition, but uh, in addition, that's a very key point um, throughout, as a theme throughout the course of this book.
2: It, it all begins with awareness. And it's, it, it was it was the awareness that, using the book again as the example, the awareness that it wasn't what I knew it could be. And the awareness of, I put it out there for the wrong reason. The awareness of that it came more from my ego than it came from the divine being that I am. And let me just say that when I say the divine being that I am, I am not saying that I am and nobody else is. I am saying we all are. I, I like to make that distinction because too many times people will say, well, he's 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 pretty egotistical. He's talking about himself as a divine being. We all are. And I just want to make sure that that's understood. And that when I say that, it is not me being any different than anybody else or having anything or any opportunities or any advanced knowledge. It is we all are. And our lives are the unfolding of that or that allow us to each come to the realization that we are these divine beings and ultimately live as that divine being in physical form.
1: You have some questions right in the beginning of the book that could be questions posed from the ego or it could be questions posed from that place of getting out of the way. And they are the questions of, do I have a life purpose? How do I know if I'm fulfilling my life's purpose? Is who I am or what I do relevant? I want to particularly pinpoint that word relevant because that also speaks to how we started off the show. There's a a desire to be significant, a desire to be relevant that exists in all of us. I think it's natural that that's part of what um, develops uh, within the egoic body, within the identity or personality. But when you approach this uh, topic throughout the book as far as life purpose is concerned or relevancy or significance. Again, speak to the distinction of how we move from that egoic place into that out of the way higher self place of expressing.
2: Well, I think I, the whole thing is, is done as a result of comparing ourselves to other people, feeling that there is some expectation that has been placed on us that we, that we have to live up to. And the whole idea of relevancy is based on that relevant according to who or according to what. And the way that my book addresses it, we are relevant because we're here. And if you weren't relevant, you wouldn't be here. If you didn't have a purpose, you wouldn't be here. And the fact that all of us are at this particular, or all of us that are here at this particular point in time, it makes us relevant. It means that we are making a difference. The, the, the ego will, will, will cause us to try to figure out what would make us relevant but again it's going to be in comparison to something else or to someone else and that's that's not relevant in fact one of the statements i make in the book is it the question is are we relevant in this world and i put in there is the world relevant without us what would the world be without us here And I want people to understand that because they're here, because they live, because they breathe, because they are interacting with other people, because they are on their specific life path to gain whatever it is they're here to gain, whatever it is their soul ordained for them to gain. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The fact that you're here means you're relevant. And that means you have a purpose. It means that you are, here's another way to look at it. And that is that. I will have people ask me all the time, I don't know what my life's purpose is. I don't know if I'm on the right path. Well, here's the truth. You cannot not be on your right path. It's impossible. Everything that shows up in your life is on your path. That is a part of your path. That is a part of your life. It's not a matter of all of a sudden getting on your path. You're on your path. Anything that happens, any event that that takes place, any opportunities you're given, that's all part of your path. And I, and I find it interesting and funny when my coaching clients come to me and say, I, I just don't feel like I'm on the right path. You cannot not be on your path.
1: That is so true. And I love the fact that you've said that. I'd love for you to also uh, share what you mean by the word simplexities. I think that is a term that is specific to you. And I'd love for people to understand what that means.
2: Well, what's interesting when you write, you can make up words. And you can put any meaning to it that you want. So there's there's quite a few words in the book that because there weren't words that would give me that opportunity to express what it is that I wanted to express, I just made up some words and they seemed to make sense to me. So simplexities is one of those words. And I look at life in and of itself as being quite simple. Life just is. We wake up in the morning sun is shining, birds are singing, grass is growing, flowers are growing. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. All of those things happen regardless of anything else that might take place. Life just goes on. People die, people are born, people get sick, people are healed. I mean, all of this is just something that goes on. There isn't any, any. I don't want to say effort because you know we, we engage in that, but life in and of itself is quite simple. It, it just is. We bring as humans complexity to it. We bring challenges to it that are not necessary but yet we bring it to it because of thoughts we have beliefs we hold decisions we make because of ego and in in writing about that i just combine the two words simplexity and it quite simply means it's the simp- it's the it's the uh, the simple aspect of life combined with the complexity that is brought into life by humans
1: The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression, is a book that is about expressing, experiencing, and accepting yourself as you are fully, completely, and wholly. It is the expression and experience of the sacred relationship with yourself through appreciating and loving yourself deeply, passionately, and most importantly, without conditions. It is the realization that you are not who you believe yourself to be. The keys to life living in full expression reveals ancient wisdom within the context of modern day living that unlocks the vault of divine wisdom within you. Jim Phillips' insights and experiences offer an opportunity to gain clarity and answer your questions concerning your soul, your purpose, and your active role as the creator of your own life. Your song is the grandest expression and experience of self that patiently awaits your willingness to sing it out loud and clear. You can find out more about Jim Phillips' At livinginfullexpression.com. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Have you seen eleven eleven? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 1-11, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and empowered
3: more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 Mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream the 1111 Mastermind community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion go to courses.1111mag.com that's courses.1111mag.com Com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is
1: Jim Phillips, he's an author, speaker and certified life, spiritual and business coach. For the better part of 30 years, he has been an entrepreneur and business leader, inspiring others to higher levels of achievement and understanding through his coaching, writing and presentations. His true passion is the exploration and application of spiritual law as it applies to prosperity and overall quality of life. One of Jim's gifts is in his ability to help others understand and apply complex spiritual concepts to their personal life, which has resulted in their creating and experiencing more of who they truly are and what they desire. From his book, the new second edition, revised and expanded, of the key to life, living in full expression, are these words. Life is the process of regaining clarity of who we are. It is the expression and experience of the divine through each of us. It is the experience and expression of our own divinity. Life doesn't happen to us. Life is created and experienced. Life is our expression of self. Welcome back, Jim. I want to get back to the topic we were on before about different words uh, that you created, and we talked a little bit about simplexities. Another word that you have created in, the, in vocabulary, which I absolutely love, is sojourn. Uh, I'd love for you to explain what you mean by sojourn and how that came into being and how it's relevant to your
0: book.
2: Well, the word sojourn, is a take off the word sojourn s o u j o u r n and i think most people know that that is really a temporary stay or a short trip it's just a, a a short excursion if you will and i was looking at i was looking at our life journeys and i believe we come here and have been here many many times uh, i know that i have i know that there's many more lives that i'm 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 just going to say scheduled to live And so I was looking at, okay, well, you know, each one of these is is really a sojourn. But then I said, but when I come back, or when anybody comes back, when anybody is here, we are that same soul that embodies in a different body. And so the whole idea of sojourn came up. It just seemed to me to be a perfect description for the time spent by each soul as it incarnates and You know, even though somebody might say that they're living 70 years or 80 years or 100 years, whatever the time frame is of a particular lifetime, it's it's just a blip in the in infinity. And so each each stay, regardless of the amount of time or the number of years that a soul may be incarnated is just a sojourn. It's this short trip that we have. It's like going on vacation and we get to experience and express and create and do and be all of the things that we choose to be. And the to me, the word sojourn too is a very, uh, it's a very empowering word, I think, because it, it puts the soul at the forefront of it. And to me, allows us to see that that is where, I don't want to use the word control, that, that is where the uh The opportunity for creation comes from, through us as that soul.
1: Well, it allows for a broadened experience as well. We don't have to be as serious about things in life, and we can also open ourselves to that full expression that you're talking about, because we know that this is one of many, or this is another adventure uh, into human form that we are having, so it's a great word you write that we are not here to evolve. We are here to experience and express who we are and always have been and always will be. And you talk about four phases of the life cycle. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us what those four phases of the life cycle are and, and how they support us throughout our cycle of life.
2: Well, the, the four phases came really at looking at how I've experienced life and looking at it from the, the perspective of once once you go through one phase another phase starts then that phase gets completed then another phase and it's all about gaining more through each phase that we have and the first phase is now I can't remember what it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's, the, what's the first reflection. phase? Reflection, yes. Oh, reflection. Reflection, yeah. revelation, reconciliation, and resurrection. Right. So the four you know,
2: it's so funny when you write a book <laughs> <laughs> and you have all this information in it. When somebody asks you a question, hmm, did I write that? No. Reflection is that that first phase where that's really about awareness. That's when we start to look at our lives, look at who we are, look at what we're doing, what we have done. Uh, in relation to life, in relation to what we want to create with life, but I think also where we are along our life's paths, given where we thought we would be. So we, we go through that that period where we're, we're contemplative. we We're really looking at and assessing and uh, it's you know the evaluation of where we are and who we are and and where we thought we would be along this this path along this or in this particular sojourn. And then, you know, then there's the, the revelation. And the revelation is that the recognition of being more than you thought you were. It's about the, the I guess it's gaining understanding of who we are based on, on what we've discovered about ourselves through that reflective period. And it's incorporating that now because each one of the phases allows us to move into the next one. As I said, so it's it's the revelations about the deeper understanding of who we are, what we've learned through the reflection period. It's seeing that there is more to us than we had believed there to be prior to going through these these first two phases. And then once we work through that, once we have this this revelation of of who we now know ourselves to be, we go into the next phase, and the next phase is reconciliation. And this is where we allow and accept. What it is we just discovered about ourselves and about life through the reflection phase and through the revelation phase. So now we reconcile everything. We bring it into being. We allow it to be. We accept that as now who we know ourselves to be based on these other phases. And then the final one we go into is resurrection. And, and that is, as I wrote in the book, it's the metaphorical death of who we thought we were. It isn't the actual death, but it's the metaphorical death because who we thought ourselves to be prior to going through this particular cycle of life, we're no longer that person or that entity. If you want, we're now this 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 resurrected. Uh, I don't want to say version because we are, in my thinking and my belief, we are always all that we are. There isn't any any adding to or subtracting from that. It's all about us realizing. That that's who we are and allowing ourselves to experience and express ourselves from the fullness of who we are. But we go through these phases almost like a stair step so that it's not like all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're fully aware or fully realized as a spiritual being in a physical body. So these, this uh, four process cycle of life is what allows us to go through that and increasing our awareness and acceptance of who we know ourselves to be. But if someone were to look at us, it would look like to them that we've changed, that we've become a different version of ourselves when, in fact, all we've done is allow the truth of who we are to be now what's being experienced and expressed in the world.
1: Yes, I, I think those four phases are natural, again, phases that we all have to go through and we do from the time that we're children. It's it's. We move from from a toddler to a child, and a child to a teenager, and a teenager to a a young adult, and even that has its own kind of smaller version of what you're talking about. In my own life, I've realized that it's that identity that is that metaphorical death that you're talking about, Um, whether it is through jobs or relationships or different things. Our identity is constantly changing, and as we move through those four phases of Living life in full expression. There are also four pillars that you talk about that are so important, and I am very aligned with you in how those four pillars of non-judgment, unconditional love, gratitude, and forgiveness are truly the reason that we come here and what we're here to experience.
2: To me, that gives life context. And I, I you know, you, you initially you asked a question about my not using the word evolve that that really it's about experience because if i look at it from the absolute then we already know everything it's not about evolving i think humanity evolves but the 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 evolution of humanity is only in the evolution of the realization of the truth of who we are which is divine beings so i don't think as a soul you know we evolve because we already are that divine being we already are a part of all that is. So, you know, maybe just semantically people to say, well, that's kind of a stretch. That's just the way I see it and the way that that I believe it. But I look at these four these four pillars as more or less being the the way that we gain this greater realization of who we are. And we do it within the context of as you mentioned non-judgment. And non-judgment, you know, you can get back to one of your original questions where it was about relevancy. Well, that's judgment. When we're asked if we're relevant, we're judging ourselves against something something else, something other than the divine beings that we are. So non-judgment would be really approaching life as life is as it is. It's in its perfection. And that any time that we would question it and or judge it or say that it's good, bad, beautiful, ugly, we're we're basing it on some value we've given to it instead of just accepting it as it is, and, and here's an interesting component to this, and, and that is that I'll, I will have people say that we are imperfect. Well, that's not true because nothing can exist that isn't perfect. And you can say, well, yeah, but that that my my front yard has green grass and it looks nice, but there's dandelions growing up in it, and so therefore my yard is not perfect. Well, but I would contend that the grass is perfect because if the grass blade wasn't perfect, it wouldn't be growing. If the dandelion wasn't perfect, the dandelion wouldn't grow. If the conditions for it to grow and be perfect, they wouldn't be there. We use the word perfect against our own judgment of how something should be or how someone should be instead of recognizing that it has to be perfect for anything to exist. Perfect as it is not perfect against what we would say that perfection is. So the whole idea of non-judgment just means to, to move through life and to understand and accept that things are as they are in their perfection. Life unfolds in its perfection. And if I'm judging other people, that's an opportunity for me, again, through awareness to look at myself and say, okay, well, what is it in me that this is so? What is it in me that's causing me to have this value judgment against someone else or against a situation or against myself? And a lot of, a lot of judgment is self-judgment, where it is absolutely more about me than it is about anybody else. And then from, from non-judgment, and I, I look at these four, these four pillars not in any particular order. I don't think that they they necessarily one follow the other because they're really integral to one another. So the next one that I have in the book is unconditional love. So if you look at unconditional love and, and non-judgment, to be non-judgmental, you have to have incorporated into that unconditional love because non-judgment means you're being accepting and honoring and respecting of all things as they are, which to me is the definition of unconditional love. I will also say that in the book, when I talk about unconditional love, I also say there is no such thing as unconditional love. Because if we say there's unconditional love, that means that there is conditional love. You've got the, the two sides of it. So to me, love is as love is. Love just is. And you either love or you don't love. And if we say that I will only love you if, or you say that I don't love you anymore because, then you've placed a condition on your feeling of love towards someone. And of course, that's the romantic love that we as humans give to different aspects of our lives. So to me, love is just love and it's the underlying energetic force behind all things. And I think that most of us would also say that love is the... Uh, The word that we give to God, that God is love and that uh, everything is of love. We are love. You even say that all the things that you say, which I love, Simran, is that we are love. We are all love. our love. uh, I'm not going to try to get into your full quote, but you know what I'm talking about with that. Just your, your statement. And then the next part is gratitude. And and that's being grateful for everything. And that's not being grateful just for those things that we would look at and say, oh, isn't that wonderful? No, it's being grateful for everything that shows up in life because it shows up for us, specifically for us to be able to gain a greater understanding of who we are and what we're capable of doing. And then the fourth one is forgiveness. And forgiveness is not about condoning anyone's actions. To me, it's really more about Forgiving ourselves for having the feelings and thoughts we have about someone because we think they've done something against us or they've done something against other people. And the forgiveness is about letting go of the energy behind the thoughts and the beliefs that we're holding that keep us as a victim, that keep us attached to the event when the event is no longer taking place. And when we forgive ourselves, when we let ourselves off the hook, so to speak, We're just we're we're giving ourselves that freedom to not be associated with our thoughts and beliefs or whatever took place. Now, at the same time, and I I just mentioned this, we're not condoning the actions of someone else. But we have to keep in mind that that person that did whatever it is that we are blaming them for, we feel that they did to us. They have to live with the consequences of what they did through whatever consequences show up that have absolutely nothing to do with us. They're going to pay whatever price they are to pay for whatever it is that they did. So the forgiveness is just about recognizing and accepting them too, for the choices they've made in life, for the soul that they are, for the journey that they're on, because we have no idea why they're choosing what they're choosing. Just as, the, just as they don't have any idea of why we're living the life we're living, why we've chosen what we have chosen. And when we honor and respect each other for that, we're forgiving one another of any thoughts and beliefs that we would have that would mean they were less than that soul that they are.
1: When we express what longs to be expressed, we invite other forms of self-expression. When we give ourselves permission to express and experience ourself in certain ways, it provides the confidence and courage to joyfully express and experience ourself in many more ways. There isn't just one expression waiting to be released throughout life. One expression opens the door for the next and so on. It is through this process of life that we remember, express, and experience our divinity Jim Phillips, at the age of 13, had a profound experience that confirmed he had a very specific message to share about our connection to the divine and our divinity. This message was to be shared when the time was right, and that time is now. Never has there been a time in the history of humanity when there was a greater need to understand who we are and why we're here. Never has there been a time in the history of humanity when there have been more people open and receptive to this message. You can find out more about his book, The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression, Ancient Wisdom for a Modern World, and all of the work that Jim Phillips does at livinginfullexpression.com. We'll be right back after these messages with Jim Phillips.
0: 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. At the end of
1: the show, definitely scroll down and click the banner and check out 1111 Mastermind's online learning community. I have been inspired to go back to many of the 1111 alumni and create courses for you to access more of the information that they have to share, in addition to being able to access any and all kinds of topics that you would like to learn about. There are some beautiful courses that are currently present, and more are going to be added In the next few months from all types of teachers that I have featured, either in 1111 Magazine or on 1111 Radio, you can access those courses at 1111mag.com, and they are always $47 for extensive courses that will definitely expand the mind, broaden the heart, and inspire the spirit. I am with my guest, Jim Phillips, who is the author of The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression. Ancient Wisdom for a Modern World. I want to let you know that he has a brand new television show on Awake TV. You can go to Awake TV Network on Facebook and find out the schedules. His particular show, which is the Key to Life, Living in Full Expression TV, is Thursdays at 7 p.m. Awake uh, Network has about 70 teachers and healers currently that are producing shows, and it is a 24-7 network. So you might want to check that out. The same holds true for us when we talk about the universe's being biased toward life, regardless of the harshest of conditions life will somehow always find a way to flourish the universe is biased toward our life our fulfillment of what we desire to express and experience all we have to do is show our willingness to trust the process this is done by stepping into the uncertainty of life and letting go of any fears and beliefs that would have you convinced that there's nothing you can do even when you find yourselves under challenging and harsh circumstances Jim let's talk about trust and stepping Mm -hmm. out of the way and allowing the river of life to carry us Uh, For many individuals, the fear is the reason that they stay in that place of conformity and that they don't want to step out on the ledge and see if they can fly. You Mm -hmm. have your own thoughts about what fear is and uh, how to approach that sense of trust. Talk a little bit about that. Well,
2: the first thing I would have people do is really look at the fear that they hold try to gain an understanding of where it's coming from. And this this really is what limiting beliefs are all about. Most limiting beliefs are some fear of something that might happen, something somebody might say, uh, a recollection of something that might have happened in the past that is similar to what we might be stepping into right now. We're afraid of what might happen. It might happen the same way. And so I want people, and this is this is how I work with the with the folks that I coach, it's it's really about identifying what it is that's holding them back again. Fear is gonna be the, the primary reason for that. So I took the word fear and I, I use it as an acronym. And it has helped a lot of people when they go through this process of recognizing what their fear is and then what steps they can take to become more trusting and then a question i would always ask and this is something to get people to understand how powerful trust is and that is if you fully trusted yourself to to make the right decisions if you fully trusted yourself to take the right steps take the right actions and if you fully trusted the process of you making the decisions and taking the steps and you trusted in the fact that you have a partner in the universe, God spirit, and you trusted that that was going to be fulfilled on that outside end, what wouldn't you attempt? What wouldn't you uh, experience? What couldn't you do? I mean, there's absolutely nothing. Now, a lot of people will say, well, if I tried this, this probably wouldn't happen. Well, there are certain approaches that we can take to things in life That might not give us the result we're looking for initially, but yet it is a necessary step or experience that we have to go through to get to the end result that is the end result that was intended for us. And I think anybody who has set goals, if we become too rigid in our goals, we're actually shutting ourselves off from other opportunities that are there because we're too narrowly focused. Instead of being a, a, a available to the limitless possibilities that exist in every set of circumstances. So the acronym for, for that I use fear, the first one is fearless. And people will say, well, well, yeah, of course, if I fear less, then I'm not going to be fearful. But I use this as, as an action word. It's it's fearless. It's consciously fearless. That when you find yourself being, I don't want to say gripped by fear, because that's not always what it's about. But it's just about that, that subconscious whatever that goes on that is holding you back because of some uh, Thought that you might be holding or belief about what you believe might happen, but it's about fearing less It's about being conscious. It's about recognizing that I am now holding myself back because of this fear that I'm holding. And the question would be is what I'm fearful of? Is it real? Is it true? Is it something that I've experienced that I know could potentially happen or is it something that somebody else said about me or something somebody said about a certain set of circumstances that I'm, a, that I'm fearful of that this could potentially take place? So it's, 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 it's fearless. It, it is consciously fearing less. The E is engage and that's fully engage in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. That's jumping in with both feet. And when we do that, when we become fully engaged in, in life overall, but fully engaged in what it is we're trying to create or accomplish or experience, we're saying to the universe, I'm all in. And that's when the universe engages. That's when the universe listens more intently to what it is that we're saying that we want to experience and express, what it is we want to create. It sees what we're what we're asking for and what we're asking for more through our feelings and our emotions and it gives to us exactly what it is that we're asking for and then it does its part by doing all of those things that we can't do because of being in physical form the e in fear is awareness And this is really paying attention. This is paying attention to the fact that, number one, we have these thoughts that are fear-based. It is paying attention that that these fear-based thoughts that we have are what's preventing us from taking the steps that we said we wanted to take to accomplish and achieve and experience what it is we say we want to experience. It's about taking those steps and, again, consciously with intention, knowing that when we take these right steps, that we're going to gain the end result that we're looking for which is typically an experience that we want to have and then the R is the the R is release and that's just letting go of all these other things it's letting go of the fearful thoughts that we hold it's letting go of anything that we think could potentially prevent us from uh, achieving or experiencing whatever it is that we set out to do it's just about letting go of it and I've had many people say okay everybody says let go what does that really mean it means just To me shedding the untruths that we have held on to for way too long and that we've allowed other people to heap upon us or that we've heaped upon ourselves but we hold on to them because we stay in agreement with it we say well this must be true instead of going back to awareness recognizing they're only there because we keep them in place so going through this process of being fearing less engaging becoming more aware and then releasing that which no longer serves us we remove that fear from us and we're more trusting in the process. We're more trusting in ourselves, we're more trusting in life. And the more trusting we are, the more likely we are to try things that are beyond what we thought we could do before. And the more we try those things that are beyond what we thought we could do before, the more we accomplish, the more we accomplish, the more, we accomplish, the more we're willing to try more things that we didn't think we could do before.
1: That's wonderful. And, and definitely a beautiful way to reframe the word fear for everyone uh, one of the things that ends up being blocked sometimes happens to be receptivity. And and many times receptivity becomes blocked simply because we're always in that stance of, let me get ready to do something, rather than having sometimes that space to open and allow. Talk a little bit about receptivity in regard to the goodness of life.
2: Most of us are taught that it's better to give than receive, that has become ingrained in us it's become ingrained in society we are made to be we're made to feel bad guilty shame if we do things for ourselves we are considered selfish and yet you can't have giving if you don't have receiving there has to be somebody open and willing to be receptive to whatever it is that is being given and I would contend that if someone wants to, well, here's a question I would ask people. I would say, what is one of the greatest things that you can do or have done that makes you feel good? And most people will say, it's when I when I help somebody else or when I give something to somebody else, when I'm benefiting somebody else. And I say, okay, that that is absolutely correct. Most of us want to know that we are benefiting other people or that we're, we're, doing something that is going to benefit or be a value. And I said, but if you don't receive it, if someone wants to give you something, you don't receive it. You're denying them. What you just said was one of the greatest gifts you can be given. So we have to be receptive and understand that we are giving a great gift by being open and receptive to anything that someone is offering to us. And I will also say that that goes, with God's spirit, the universe as well. When we're open and receptive to it, we're giving the greatest gift back to the divine that we possibly can, the gift of giving to us, the gift of of providing to us all that we have been told that we're going to be given in life, which is everything we need to experience the life we're intended to experience or to create the experiences in life that are necessary or required for us to live the life experiences that our soul intended. And then where receptivity comes in with, with creativity as well. And that is that if, if we constantly deny ourselves, whether it's something a person is giving us or it's something that, that that we're getting from life and we deny it because we say we're not worthy of it or or that we haven't worked hard enough for it. I mean, whatever, whatever excuse we want, we're creating stress. We're creating a block. We're preventing that which we are entitled to, to flow through us, which is, the, which is the full expression that we're here to experience. So to get back to the original question, we have to be receptive, not only to give that person or that entity who wishes to give the greatest gift that they can receive, but we have to be receptive to gain from whatever it is we're being given that then allows us to live more in full expression of the truth of who we are and to allow us to create the experiences that are required for our living in full expression of our truth.
1: Wonderful. This has been Jim Phillips. He is the author of the key to life, living in full expression, ancient wisdom for a modern world. He says, we are not here to evolve. We are here to experience and express who we are always have been, and always will be. What is expanding is our knowledge or remembrance of self, and therefore our experience and expression of self. The more aware we become of who we are and have always been, the grander our experience and expression of self will be. You can find out more about Jim at living.com. InFullExpression.com. that's living livinginfullexpression.com definitely check out his new television show on Awake TV Thursdays at 7pm uh, you can look up Awake TV on Facebook and find out more about the schedule and join me next week uh, my guest will be Paul O'Brien and we are talking about intuitive intelligence I look forward to having you back again thank you Jim Phillips for being on 1111 Talk Radio I am Simran in love of love with love and as love. Be well.
0: Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, You are not on the journey, you are the journey.